Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds, where we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today, we're going to be discussing sketches from College Humor and Low Budget Sketch Show. You can find information about this podcast, as well as the sketches we are going to be discussing at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. Joining me today, as always, are Julian Morgan. You. And Seth Alcorn. Hello. I'm Andy Weld. And today, our guest is our intrepid producer, Isaiah Hedden. Yo, yo, Isaiah, yo. according to the notes you gave me, how do you pronounce their name? What? It says right here. I'm supposed to ask the guest how to pronounce their name. Oh, God. Uh, Isaiah Hedden. Yeah, so I thought I thought it was Hay- I thought it was Hayden oh, for yeah, years. Hayden, yeah, I get that a lot. Um, it's Hayden like Hayden that way. Yeah, mm. that's the best way I can. Explain. How are you today? I'm doing well. Doing good. Are you heading that way? <laughs> I am heading that way always nice. to the top. Nice. All right. I, I, can you tell us about your background in comedy? Uh, yeah, sure. So, bad medicine is my background in comedy. <laughs> good episode. <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, I'm a film and video guy. Went to school for it. Work in it. That's what I do for a living. I edit, broadcast, commercials, and stuff like that. And so, I was meeting people to cut their short films for them through WIF here in DC. What's WIF? Uh, Women in Film and Video. Great organization. It's basically a place for people who are working independently to meet and share ideas. Um, I think we're going to do a panel with them about comedy writing at some point, which is going to be really cool. There's a huge listserv, and I got on it right after college and just met people through that, and we're cutting their short films. Then I met Kelly Herod, one of our best writers ever. I wish she'd come back and join us. And she had just written— Miss her. Yeah, I miss her a lot. Yeah, she had just written uh, a short and that she wanted to make into a video, and she shot it, and I helped her cut it together. She totally and, goes and I told her, stuff. oh, I really wish I knew how to write this <laughs> stuff. You know, I need to learn. And she's like, well, there's this sketch jam that we have, and you should go and join that. And so I did, and I started writing for it. And because I took, you know, screenwriting in college, I had an idea how to write, but I didn't take anything that was comedy-driven or this is how you write sketch. So I didn't have like any of that base knowledge. I was just writing screenplays, but short screenplays. And through that, I met EK and some other folk. And then when she, that sketch jam folded and she, EK was like, I'm going to start a sketch team. Then I met Julian and Laura through that and Layla and it just kind of blossomed from that. Hmm? I miss Laura too. I miss Laura too. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice if you know the the old we the old crew come back. Yeah, show or a gathering or some kind of. Oh, event. that'd be sick. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty good. And nah. I've just kind of <laughs> <laughs> shut up, new guy. <laughs> I've just kind of ridden the bad medicine train from there and like learned the scene, the comedy scene in DC. Like I knew about Wit and the DC Improv, but like I didn't really know it was here. And so as we've dug, you know. I kind of came in as the video guy doing the social media stuff, like filled in here and there, and it kind of grew into a much more executive producer position as as we gotten bigger and people who were in leadership roles stepped out like more responsibly, just kind of shifted that way, and it kind of naturally became that. And then we realized, hey, there is a sketch community here in D.C. There's just no one kind of grouping them together. And so once we made, I think, either Laura or you, Julian, made the D.C. Uh, sketch comedy Facebook group oh, and really yeah, kind of started that. pulling people in through from the d- improv world. And so I got, became one of the admins somehow. At that point I was like, this is all I'm doing. Like, this is it. It's like 
my job, basketball, drinking, and sketch comedy. So at that point, I was like, the bigger the sketch comedy scene gets, the stronger it gets, the better it is for Bad Medicine to have a platform here in the city so that we don't always have to play outside shows. Because I think when we first started, we were just in Baltimore whenever we did a show because mm. there was not many stages here for us. To, and it's changed now, and it's changing more. And I think hopefully we're playing a, a role in that and helping push that scene into a, a bigger so. platform space. But yeah, right. well, bad, yeah, the growth of Bad Medicine is my growth in comedy, basically. Mm -hmm. And I've learned a lot from you guys who have taken classes, who have know what they're doing <laughs> and I'm just faking uh, it uh, <laughs> writing poor, yeah, poorly <laughs> poorly written sketches uh, but it's been fun maybe someday you'll write a great sketch about dildos like <laughs> yes exactly you're, you're the bar Andy you're clearly the bar. the bar Andy dildo sketch weld <laughs> oh no <laughs> that oh, might actually stick no. yeah it's great <laughs> old dildo sketch alright well let's get to well, first uh, hold on right. sorry I know I'm breaking the rules here I've been producing this podcast that you guys created, and I've been at every recording, and it's been really fun and really awesome, and I, I love this show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been really great for us to meet people from all over the country as we go to different cities and record the episodes, or even talk about sketches that we didn't meet the people who were who wrote the sketches or stuff like that. And I really hope the show continues to grow and that we get to meet more people and eventually get some really famous sketch people on. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of it also depends on people submitting sketch ideas, things that we should talk about. Because I have a list, you know, you guys find stuff as well, but I think getting a chance to talk about stuff that we never heard of or someone is really passionate about, that kind of like, oh, I forgot about that sketch. It's really good. So if you know of a sketch, submit it, because that's how we how this show grows. And if you want to come on the show, let us know and we'll get you on the show. Can I, can I offer a brief caveat? <laughs> don't do it. No. <laughs> no, which is don't suggest your own sketch. Although that did happen in a recent episode where yeah, a couple of the guests. That's my fault. That's totally my fault. But I'm that's not being right. clear. But don't suggest your own sketch. We, that's, that's kind of not what we do. Suggest a sketch that you like that somebody else has done. That's the easiest thing to do. It's like putting yeah. up your own something you've created for a silent auction. It's just going to go poorly for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, seen it happen before. Yeah, go to many silent auctions. I mean, <laughs> don't you, Julian? <laughs> I mean, and it is the weekend. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to win lots of baskets of things, and the best place to do that is at a silent auction. He is right about that. Let's get to our first sketch today, yeah. then. Isaiah, what sketch did you bring for us? I brought in a college humor sketch, rest in peace. I'm sure they'll come back eventually. I hope um, they will. College Humor is an internet comedy-based company out of L.A. They've been doing funny videos, articles, pictures, all that kind of internet-savvy viral stuff. Their in-house team, um, which is College Humor Shorts or College Humor Originals, you know, do one-off comedy sketches, cartoons, and music videos that, you know, that are designed to be viral. Um, and they've had, you know, different members come throughout the years. And I've always loved their stuff. They always, they always do really funny stuff. And so I hope all of them get jobs somewhere and join Saturday Night Live or other TV shows or HBO specials and, and grow. But I wanted to do them because we haven't talked about them. And since they've kind of shut down recently in January – that it was not, it was now that now was the best time to do it, you know. And there's a yeah. bunch of sketches that I could have brought, but I was really drawn to honest interracial date, um, because that's basically my I've had that experience. It was all 
basically things I, I've heard at some I point wondered. or have seen at some yeah. point. And so I find it incredibly funny. You guys may not. Now, what uh, race are you? <laughs> no. Um, I'm oh, half Mexican Doctor. black. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> no, I'm just established on this podcast. <laughs> you have to identify. I mean, well, we, we, talk, we talk about Julian's race all the time because of the infamous episode where he raided he rated things <laughs> yes, using the N-word. Yes, yes, yeah. And we had to discuss about how he was allowed to say the N-word, and the rest of us are not ever allowed to say that word. Very fun episode. I am black. My parents are from the South. Uh, so does that, is that better? I don't know. No. I just, you know, <laughs> the, the people who are like, you know, the first generation African, you know, people who, who just came here yeah. uh, or from the Caribbean um, of the islands. But I like to say, you know, if you go far back, you're, you're going to hit slavery on both sides of my family. That's just oh. that's just the fact of life. Um, so, so you guys up, have to deal with that. Vacation was to the south. <laughs> <laughs> get, get get ready for that. I, this is supposed to be a lighter episode. <laughs> no. I had because it is because we're recording this in February, so it is Black History Month, and I have been sending the group mm-hmm. multiple sketches. Uh, oh, I have to send an email today. I forgot featuring sketches by black sketches or sketches that have a black theme to them. Um, and so this isn't one of them, but I was going to pick one of those, but they are very politically heavy. And I was trying to do something that's a little bit lighter, but still kind of in that vein, yeah. that perspective or point of view. But anyway, this sketch is about Raph going on a very dope fly date. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Here's a clip. I feel like I should ask you about your family or your background, but... I'm a little worried that might be a sore subject. I just hope I you know like you don't have to, have to mention, mention Get Out. Damn it! Now that I brought up Get Out, I'm really regretting it. We can change the subject. Well, I wish we could, but I can't. <laughs> your babies would be so cute. Oh, goodness, yeah. It kind of feels like you're saying our babies would be cute because I added white to them, as opposed to the freaks I might produce otherwise. Ooh, just a heads up, I'm probably going to use the word dope a lot, even though I've never used it before in my life. I really wish you wouldn't. Dope, 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 dope. All right, Isaiah, you kind of got into it a little bit before, but why did you bring us that sketch today? I brought this sketch because interracial dating isn't easy. And I think when you are in it, you don't think about it very often. And then the outside world reminds you that you're in, a, you're in an interracial date situation. And I have a lot of friends that have married their partners eventually. And so now they're ra- raising interracial kids. And and hearing them have their own experience and how they they shared what they you know what they've seen and heard and I think this could have been a series itself where you just change sure. the, the 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 people you know is well, you know I Asian think- uh, Latin anything basically any any kind of arrangement would have brought a different set of jokes because I'm sure they're all experiencing similar things but slightly different based off of the culture of America. I was gonna say I think I think there was I think this kind of came out around a time there were a, a popular kind of type of video where it's like it's not the same thing as like shit so and so says yeah, but yeah. it's the same kind of thing as like the real conversation like basically it's a sketch or something like that where everyone's speaking in the subtext of the conversation rather than just the, the text the text yeah and i think you know i think it's i think it's an interesting thing and you know speaking as someone who has like been on interracial dates but not kind of certainly not lived the same experience. There's definitely, it's definitely funny for me. Like the beats are funny. And one, it's really well acted. Yeah. The scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's the great Raph, his, um, 
the pain on his face as he's smiling and saying all these things, I think is really well done. Yeah. But I, I found the whole thing like like exceptionally like pointed. Like it really gets to the point right away. Yeah. And it like kind of like keeps its finger right on the issue the whole time. But it does it hilariously, I think. I, I think the sketches is really well crafted for that reason because it does have a point, as Andy said, and it does keep us on that point. But it's set up punchline, set up punchline, set up punchline, and it's yeah. it's just uh, it's great. That's that's one thing that I kind of I, I noticed immediately is just how tight it was. Yeah, like the it's just like there is literally no room to breathe. It's just no there jokes. is there is no air in yeah, that sketch, yeah, yeah. and it's it's wonderful for it. like yeah. There there are some sketches where you want a little air. They decided not to have any in this one, and it was the right decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. So I reached out to to Raf. And Michael Schabach, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, the director, we were hoping they would respond, and uh, Michael got back to me. He said, uh, Raf wrote it. I just directed it and had the one cameo. It was a great filming day. Rachel came in as a guest co-star that day and really nailed it. I was honored to direct it for Raf, uh, who is a brilliant writer. I directed his NRA sketch two, which became a topic on Adam's Ruins Everything. Uh, we filmed two sketches that day. The other sketch was the one where Rika plays a hipster guy. I have not seen that one. Uh, the location was an Elk Lodge, which served as a location for a number of other sketches. He said the funny story was that the electricity went out for two hours, <laughs> and they still managed to get both sketches shot, which, you know. Impressive. Yeah, I know how long yeah. it takes yeah. us yeah. to shoot it. I, yeah. I can't even imagine trying to shoot two sketches, especially that complex, and, and one day, like, that's amazing. Like, you got to be on a tight schedule. And he chalked that up to um, Jesse Hicksonbaugh, um, their amazing producer. He said that she kept a cool head and it was the reason they were able to get through everything. So I think they were writing to be tight, but I think they also are skilled enough at the craft itself to understand, let's execute, execute, execute. And I think they have a lot of sketches where, like, it's just joke, 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 joke. Like, that's almost their style. Yeah. I, I, I wonder, and maybe not, but now I wonder if the tighter schedule added anything to this sketch. Like they, ha I mean, not that, not just that it was written to be tight, but they had to be tight because there were two hours that they didn't have, right? So they had to get this thing done and they had to get it done now. But I, again, I don't know whether that's the case because I found the writing to be pretty tight anyway, but either way, it was executed very well. Well, and I think this is something that you can speak to, Isaiah, as a professional editor. How does the editing in this sketch like create the pacing? I mean, you're taking out any of, like, if you really watch it, there's not a lot of reaction shots. They don't, like, l allow someone to finish their sentence, have a beat, then the next line. It is, like, finish the sentence, next line. Dovetailing would be the theater yeah, yeah, word yeah, yeah. It is for that. It is very, very tight. And you could tell that there are probably extra lines in there that they just removed. Like, they actually never order their food, really. Yeah. Like, he doesn't say what he wants. Oh, that's true. You know, the waiter just brings it to them at the end. So they probably shot that and was like, this is this is slowing it down. They probably watched it and said, this is where it starts to slow down. Cut it. This is, you know, she probably walks up to this table and then says it. You know, like, there's probably moments that are just like any normal dating restaurant scene sketch would have these moments. And they just remove them. And all you get is just the action. Because she is sort of in a conversation with them. And the waitress is in a conversation with them and just sort of produces the food. But 
by taking out any ordering of the food, we get that extra laugh that you found uh, so amusing <laughs> where it was like, I'm going to order something exotic to show that I'm worldly. And the waitress comes up and says, here's your fish and chips. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the delivery of that line where it's like, I'm going to order something <laughs> to show you how worldly I am. And the wink, like it was so fast, we almost didn't even get it. Like yeah. that's, how, that's, how, that's how hard they cut this thing. It was like, Damn. I definitely, you have to watch it like five times to catch like, there's Everything. a lot of jokes yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like 30 Rock or, you know, uh, Kimmy Schmidt, where, like, it's like there's literally like a joke every three seconds. That's like yeah. Yeah. The I, density. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's And I actually, I, I quite like that style. Yeah. Yeah. Would you think this is a list sketch, so to say? Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't say that. I would, I would have to agree with Andy because the list is implied rather than spoken. Right. It's not like, and here's a thing that happens, and here's a thing that happens, and here's a thing that happens. They just show us the things as they're happening. But uh, since you were saying that you've had this experience before, did it feel like a list to you because you're watching it and you're like, oh, yep, there's check, that check, thing, check. there's that thing, there's the other thing? Yeah. I say, I, I would say there are things missing because you know, it's two minutes long. It's yeah. like two minutes, so you can't hit all the points. You know, you know they didn't cut to an old couple staring them down as they eat. Uh, right. Like that happens. Yeah, I was going to say like what are what are oh, the, what boy. are the other things that you would have added if you're writing extra jokes for this? You've got another minute to put jokes in here. Like what what do you put in here? Her parents show up. And say, you know, do the whole, like, you know, we're totally cool with this, too, you know? Like, there's that kind of aspect of it. Mentioned the, that they uh, would have voted for Obama three times yeah, just to get yeah. a little Get think, Out reference in there. I think the Get Out reference yeah. kind of covers the Obama thing. Because yeah. that's even in the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. that's why I was, yeah. <laughs> Which is great, because that is, uh, any, any whatever, Dave Chappelle, Tiger Woods, um, Kanye West, like, there's just certain pop culture of things at that time period that if you were dating people at that time, that was brought up why, yeah. as a connecting point. Mm -hmm. Let's have a conversation about this because we both get it. And it's like, <laughs> are you really a fan or are you just bringing this up right now because it's the hot, the hottest right. topic that yeah. you can pick yeah. up on? Yeah, it's very interesting. What got me was like, if Dave Chappelle were to do this sketch, it'd be rougher, right? Oh, my God. oh yeah, yeah. 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 But this was, like, this was like really clean cut, really nice. But that kind of added to the charm of it. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I, I was just like, yeah, but like, uh, it was weird for me because like, I, I've been in this situation as well. One thing, like, one thing I would do was just like the uncomfortable silence that just like immediately hits when you sit down at the table. Um, oh wow! Yeah, there's just like a that's like oh. a little bit of air uh, gets sucked out. But like, you you couldn't do that in this sketch because it's. It's so fast, right? You know? right. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. I just uh, I, that's one thing that stuck out to me, which is like it was like, man, this is this is really nice, <laughs> you know? Like I don't know, but like it, it was it was still really funny, and but it's just like, oh damn, like like walking that line basically was yeah. the thing that yeah. So I guess as the only person at the table who's never been on an interracial date, well, I I had a um. You don't need to right. Yeah, it's just backtrack. It's not going to look good. It's not. It's not going to go well. Yeah, we 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 didn't have the kind of relationship where we went out to places. Anyway, moving on. Jesus Christ! If you were listening to the last episode, you would know what he's talking about. I I guess like none none of this has ever happened to me. Like I hadn't hadn't ever experienced that before. I guess my question is. 
would the dynamic have been different if it if it were because it's Raphael who's who's a black guy and Rachel who's a white girl, would it have been different if it if the genders had been flipped? Probably. Yeah. I, I think some of the jokes would have been would have been different. I think I, I like the joke because like, is this a fetish thing? And she's like, I don't know. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm still down for it either way. Like, yeah. That's a dude thing. Like, guys <laughs> say that. They're like, I'm probably being taken advantage of. Oh, I believe of. you've implied yeah. that exactly. But, uh, to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still right. down for it. Yeah. I think if the gender was switched and yeah. she asked a dude, hey, is this a fetish thing? And he said, I don't know. She'd be like, well, I need to draw the line because I can't go there. Yeah. Right. Where a guy's like, well, that, let's do this. <laughs> I would have said that would have been a, a good joke. It's like, is this a fetish thing? I don't know. Check please like that yeah. would have been a good yeah. i remember there was like there was an episode of um this american life or the moth about this this older guy who decided to go out and date and he specifically said i was looking for something exotic and i'm like okay all right let's not, no, no. so let's not do that like but. someone from montana <laughs> how many people do you know from montana not many it's pretty exotic <laughs> i feel like one yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, he's actually a pretty cool dude. Does Does Joe Montana count? No, he's from. Do you know him? No, I from? don't know <laughs> him. I was just bringing that up to be dumb. Where is yeah. he from? Specifically to make a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be interesting, and they can't do it now, unfortunately. But I think it would be interesting to do a version of that sketch where the genders were reversed to see what the different, you know, what the different dynamic would look like. I mean, it's it's its own series. I really, I really think you could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have a lot of friends who where the 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 husband is white and the the wife is Asian, and like they tell the horror stories they have of oh. people stopping them in the street or walking past them and then saying something once they've passed. Mm-hmm. It's just like I almost wouldn't believe it. Right. If it wasn't them telling it to their face, and it's just like wow, people are very forward. When they think that they could do whatever they want, like it's it's insane, and you're like it's 2019. And why it's is this 2020? It's 2020. Um, oh, and yes. one of the <laughs> I'm Baba Waters, and this is 2020. Okay. One of the uh, things I think is great about the way this sketch is executed is that it has this kind of cheery facade Mm -hmm. to this actual issue, so it makes it very accessible. Yeah. Yeah. So we can watch it and laugh at it and not feel bad about it necessarily, but then also be thinking about it and right. kind of engage with it critically. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier too. It's just like the way to approach like topics like this is all about perspective. So like if you have like an interesting perspective or if you're just like um, like Dave Chappelle when he did the um, Black White Supremacist. Yeah. Where it's like- uh, A sketch we have talked about yeah. on Sketchers. <laughs> yeah. So like they, they, they approached it with like care, you know, like- this uh, white guy is really trying to figure out why this is ha- like how this happened and why this is happening, and so like um, with this sketch as well, it's like I think that cheery sort of attitude creates that kind of perspective. Like, okay, we're talking about this right now. Yeah, okay, this is uh, this is uncomfortable. Yes, they're both uncomfortable. That's the uh, thing that gets me too. Is like that perspective where like the two people on the date are uncomfortable. Yeah, everyone else around them is like sort of cheering them on a little bit. But also in an uncomfortable way, right. being uncomfortable themselves. But I can't tell if you're yeah. being nice or, you know, yeah. it's that whole, like, is this fake? Because this feels fake. I have to yeah. say, I I love Raphael's reactions to everything. The, even the way, is this a fetish? They, like, just the way he acts in yeah. that sketch is 
really from the first mo- from the first weird it's just <laughs> yeah. he's 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 really off the to the delivery races. Yeah, really his delivery is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, even just like the like when uh they say oh, your your kids would look uh, like adorable, and he's like, I only I think you're only saying that because if I add a little bit of white to it, then like it's okay. Other than the, like the freaks I would produce otherwise, like, yeah, that's yeah, like, that's yeah. a hard hitting. That's line. a hard hitting line. And yeah, it, like gets by because of that tone is still cheerful. Yeah, but that is like whoa right and we might need to stop and talk about this it, well it's also something that i'd never considered right i remember hearing like 10 years ago about how cute interracial babies were and then five years ago i started reading articles about how you don't you should not say that that's really that's really weird but i had never considered it from the point of view of the joke that Raphael says and i'm like oh wow never thought about it that way okay yeah bad all right very questionable yeah very questionable very questionable more questionable than what i said earlier i don't know we'll find <laughs> out <laughs> leave a comment <laughs> leave a comment no uh please don't and i'm i'm very sorry so and he's re- ignoring my notes. Uh, <laughs> it was on the second page. <laughs> yeah, why would you read to the second page? So well, don't ask all the questions. Uh, we should. We, no, we, uh, we should. If the conversation's we, good. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine What's your question fine. you want to ask? Uh, so this the sketch takes place in a restaurant, and I feel like restaurant sketches is like first level hanging low fruit. People write of write that like any sketch show you see. There's one of these is going to take place in a restaurant. How how do you make a restaurant sketch work? Well, you do this. I mean, you you get a topic that's. Can, I I think that a restaurant is a safe place for the premise of the sketch. I think it's a safe place because you were talking about earlier your friends who are an interracial couple and what people will say to them walking on the street, right, uh, or passing by, right. So, if you're in a restaurant, I believe it is harder to walk up and say something really terrible because unless you're leaving, you're going to be in that restaurant and you're going to sit in that restaurant. So that's not a thing that's going to happen. You are going to get the drive by, oh, I'm so progressive. I'm so cool as happens, but I don't, I think you're going to get less. (laughs) I think you're going to get less of uh, the drive by unvarnished racism. So I, what I like about restaurant sketches in general is that the stakes are immediately higher because they're in a public place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's why you see them a lot because it's not a conversation happening in a home. It's a conversation happening in front of other people. Even if it's quiet or whatever, the restaurant as a public space raises the stakes immediately because there are also expected levels of decorum and just the way people act in public versus in private. And so that's something you can play with in a sketch, right? Because the the way people are comfortable in a home is different from the way that they act in a restaurant. And that's one of the things I like about restaurant sketches and I like to use them because of all of the different things you can play with in that. I've written tons of restaurant sketches. You have. Um, <laughs> including the Each one sketch. better than the last. <laughs> But that always – they're all good. Uh, no. Um, so, I mean, I think that's why the restaurant sketch works for me because there's so much to play with in that space. And it, it also really serves to 
to highlight what's going on. Like to, we've talked about uh, game show sketches before, and usually why Julian doesn't like them because there's only so many things that you could do with them, right? The I would say the same for restaurant sketches. Right. There's only so much you could do with them. But it's in a game show sketch, the contestants are weird, or the presenter is weird and the game is weird, and that's basically the dynamic that you that you go on. And in a restaurant sketch, you usually get kind of the same thing: the restaurant is weird. Or the customers are weird. And here what you get is the situation is weird because the situation is racism. Mm. Right? So we now have a weird world, but it's not a weird world. It's just our world. (laughs) Right? Just our our world magnified. Yeah. Our world magnified, which I think really serves to, again, hammer home the point of the sketch. Yeah. Uh, My only problem with restaurant sketches are are the waiter. Most of the time the waiter doesn't add anything. They're just like a... Just to remind the audience, this is taking place in a restaurant, you know. But this one, like the waiter is a pop. Yeah, like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It just hammers home that everyone is just like, like they're, like they're in a petri dish and everyone is looking at them. And so like, yeah. So that the, the waiter for this sketch for me really hammers it home. Yeah, I do. I enjoy the waiter's bit about the the hot sauce. And the the chicken because I do that in restaurants where like I will I will never order chicken in a restaurant. Yeah, just for this, just because like I know you're thinking I'm ordering the chicken, or if anyone ever suggests chicken to me when I'm asked, like, oh, it's good here, they go the chicken. I'm like, are you actually like even if I know they're not thinking it, it runs through my mind. I have that thought. It's remember the Dave Chappelle bit. I thought I liked chicken because it was delicious. Yeah. Well, that's it, funny to me because I know so many people who say, for a totally different reason, that they won't order chicken in a restaurant because they think it's something that very rarely can a restaurant do a whole lot better than you can do at home. Yeah. Fair. Like, I know lots My of My wife says that. Yeah. Like, I'm just never going to order chicken. I probably wouldn't, or very rarely would order chicken out at a nice restaurant because it's like, I don't know if a roast chicken at a nice restaurant is a lot better than a roast chicken I could make at home. Is maybe not adding to the conversation, but no. Well, it's also it's one of the things that I I continue to not understand about racism stereotypes because uh, I'm just going to say this: fried chicken is fucking delicious. It is one of my favorite foods. I would eat that every day if it would not kill me, and it would. But I would eat what it every a way day. To go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Popeyes craze just proves that as a fact. Like, yeah. right? Fried chicken is really good. Yeah, know? delicious. But it's weird when you're in a restaurant and you're and it's a nice restaurant. And you want to order something, and you know the waiter's pointing out the fried chicken. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're like I'm sure it's good, but I feel like I can't for my people. I cannot <laughs> order it right now. <laughs> First times can be awkward for everything, including comedy. So why not look back at a comedy writer's first attempt at making an audience laugh? From Philly Sketchfest, have a listen to My First Sketch, the podcast introducing you to sketch comedians from around the world, starting with their first sketch. Hosted by me, Josh Hyam, we'll explore how a writer got started, what shaped their sense of humor, and where they go from here. Check out My First Sketch at myfirstsketch.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, the second sketch for today is brought to us by Julian Morgan. Julian, tell us about this sketch. Yeah, uh, so the sketch I brought is Weekend Terrorist by Low Budget Sketch Show. It's a comedy troupe in New York. 
well, they've disbanded, but uh, all their stuff is still online. Low Budget Sketch Show is an online sketch show. I'm reading from their, <laughs> copy and pasted from their About page. Each episode is five minutes long and contains a variety of sketches about the hearts of life. Uh, the show was created by Georgia Hudson, and if you watch the show, uh, Georgia Hudson, she always, op- she's, she directs all of the uh, sketches, I think, and um, she always opens the show with a monologue. They're a, a group of performers and uh, writers, and they all met at UCB, and um, they're mostly specifically really well known for their DIY style of uh, making sketch comedy. Yeah, videos. Oh, here's a clip. I don't know. Maybe it's time to give up on my dream of becoming a terrorist. Dan? Yeah, we, we hired him uh, five years ago. Yeah, I recall him saying something about wanting to be a terrorist. But he said it would only be on nights and weekends. That was fine with us. Yes, the FBI is aware of Dan Reese. Um, but he's never gonna do anything. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I'm beat. And the last thing I want to do is plan a terrorist attack. This is my cell. That's me, that's Dave, and that's TJ. TJ was good. I'm still surprised he never did anything. All right, Julian, uh, why did you bring us that sketch today? I love the show. I watched it like a, a couple of years ago. I just thought of it randomly the other day because um, <laughs> it's just funny how like you can talk about like the listlessness of just being, you know, like you've reached a certain age and you're like, you didn't like, you didn't achieve anything you wanted to. And then, but his was being a terrorist. <laughs> and so I thought that was like, I thought that was just like a really clever thing to do. Yeah. And of course it put my life in perspective. <laughs> I'm 43. It, All right. It definitely is a kind of luck. Happy where, birthday. Thank you. Oh uh, yeah, it just happened the other yeah, day. Yeah, it was it was Monday. Yep. What? Happy, happy belated birthday. Happy belated birthday. It uh yeah, it definitely plays on that specific kind of like you said, listen to listlessness um and sort of ennui uh and just kind of picks. You know, it's it's kind of that like very classic how do you make a sketch thing? You take an idea and you take it to its logical extreme and that's exactly what this is. Right. It's super gamey. Like like every beat is just it's it's basically just like a, like a classic kind of UCB style sketch. Yeah, I was going to ask that's yeah. one of the questions I had. Like do do you see the blueprint of UCB in this sketch? Absolutely. It's just like introduce the um the joke in the first three sentences and then after that, the next scene is slightly high, like you heighten the joke, and then you play that out, and then boom, you heighten the joke again. Then the next scene, and then you play that out. It's just, it's yeah, it's like a staircase basically. It's interesting. I didn't find that this heightened very well. Right. So like that's the that, that's the thing is like because it's so mundane, like that that like the whole tone of it was mon what was mundane, yeah. and so like you want to kind of keep that same tone. But also just like yeah, that's a good point. That was the takeaway I had from it. it. Was like, like how do you how do you how do you keep it mundane while also like having the most fun? I think they try to heighten it by adding like him saying I want to be a terrorist and then showing this is Mansell and like they I think they kept trying to make it like the the, the evidence of that he is that this is what he really was trying to do yeah. like the jacket. Yeah. The, like they keep, that's how they escalate. You keep seeing stronger right. and stronger evidence proving his case. 
I actually think also adding their girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, that, was I, that was my favorite joke. Like, yeah. I thought he was going to be, be dead. dead. Yeah. yeah. That was my favorite joke. I'm with Andy on that yeah. one. That was. She's that only was in two scene. like scenes, but man, she kills it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when he when she when he first walks in and gives her a kiss, that the look she has, it's like just like the the why are you even here? Yeah. Yes. One of the things too that was really funny about this was like the sight gags where like he tried to put on the the uh, his vest and it didn't fit. The, the vest <laughs> is if you haven't seen the sketch, it is uh, a suicide vest. It's covered in dynamite. Yeah. And then he throws it in the trash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just throws it out. Dynamite walks away. Why is all the dynamite in the trash? Yeah. <laughs> It's it's also that was an interesting like choice to have him walk away wearing a, a plain white t shirt. You could see snow on the ground. <laughs> yeah. So and he walks away slowly, like nothing's bothering him. Just walks away from his terrorist future. It's that on we. It, it, it is that on it, it numbs you. you to the cold. It numbs yeah. you to and the cold exactly. I think kind of on that note, and I think it's kind of what we led with. But like, is this sketch more funny or is it more sad? Oh yeah. I think that's what the, I don't know. That's maybe is, what it's, it's, but maybe that, that's what what I'm drawn to. It's like it's so sad that I is this. That sketch I think it's funny. Bojack Horsemaning, the point. <laughs> oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I think it's supposed to be sad humor. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, and the other thing is, is like it's it's also sad because the guy, even though he talks about like I'm 30, that's not exactly old, but it's not exactly young. Which is not true. Thirties young. Um, uh, Forty-three is not exactly old, but not exactly young. Yes, there we go. Uh, it's the anyway. But um, he's also somewhat oblivious to everything going on around him. Like he he does not he does not get the point of the sketch that it is sad that it is like just that <laughs> that crisis that we all face when we're we're growing older and we haven't done anything he's aware that it's happening but it's not really affecting him yet like it hasn't really hit him like the reality of the way his girlfriend feels hasn't yeah, really hit true. him yeah. the reality that he's going to be at this job forever hasn't really hit him yet <laughs> so i think that's another reason that i would go for this is sad because we can see it happening to him but he can't see it happening to himself right Damn. That was Are there deep things cut. in all of your lives that you've given up on? Comedy. Uh, <laughs> I, interracial dating. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, weirdly, I, I have alone. not given up on that, no. but that's not the point. Yeah, I mean, I I always wanted to I always wanted to be a writer and I don't write like at all. I've tried, but it's like sitting down and feeling like Sisyphus trying to move that boulder up that hill. I'm just like, this is not good. What I'm doing is not good. I shouldn't be here. And then I go play video games. Damn, yeah. Having a thick head of hair <laughs> I have given up on. That's, that's fair. Uh, it's starting that. to go. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think there are all things that all of us as we age, it's just kind of like, you know, when I was, I remember being 13 and realizing I was never going to play in the Little League World Series. There was never a point at any point where I could have played in the Little League World Series. Oh, wow. I was not a very good baseball player. But I think I think that's one of the things this sketch captures well is that feeling of as you age, no matter what, basically. I'm sure even Bill Gates feels like, man, there are opportunities I missed that I can't follow now. I think that's just a normal part of aging and growing up. Uh, what was that movie that came out a couple of years ago? Uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Benjamin Button. Yes, it was How to. Yes, no. both of those. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> no, it was the uh, the um, uh, the movie about improv. 
Uh, don't think twice. Don't think oh, twice. Yeah. yeah, don't think twice. Uh, and great Mike Birbiglia movie. Great Mike yeah, Birbiglia movie. I remember, like Allison, Allison, my wife and I sat down and watched that movie, and she was like, she had an expression on her face, and she was like, I just, I don't know what to do with that. And I'm like, because it was about improv, I'm like, no, it's, it's okay, sweetie. I know that I'm never going to make it big. And she looks at me, she's like, I'm not thinking about you because <laughs> Allison is an actress. So it's Ooh. like, yeah. So we all it was like we a wake all, up call kind of. It, film. Well, I never saw it because it was about improv. Uh, it's, <laughs> right. it's really good. I mean, it's it's scripted about improv. It's scripted about improv. They're not actually improving. It's <laughs> even their improv. Is even their improv. The improv is scripted. Michael sure. was really good in that too. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. very good. Uh, it's because because of the way that most people I think do the thing that they love and it gets reduced to a hobby because you've got to pay the bills, right? At least the way you do theater in this town is you have a full-time job and then you go out, you do theater at night. Most of the time there are exceptions, but they're very few. And then, you know, you realize at a certain point that you kind of know all the people that you're working for. Like you're all friends. You're all, uh, kind of, you, you see the same people at auditions. You see the same people in shows and nobody's that you know is really getting cast by the big houses and nobody's really, you know, going off to New York to make it as uh, a Broadway star. And it's just like, well, you know, this is this is where I am. Now, I accepted that reality very, very early on, <laughs> but it's it's still something where you're like, wow, I really love this thing. And you know what? I'm fairly good at it, but this is never going to be what I do to make a living. This is never going to be my primary focus. And that's really disappointing. This is a show about yeah, sex. No, no, it's, it's good. I think I'm in denial about a lot of things still. I mean, I definitely, you know, thought about playing in a band, learned to play guitar to play in a band and the band never formed. And, you know, Post-college, played less and less and less until, like, my guitars have dust on them. Sure. I can't, I will never get rid of them. I, you know, I look at them somewhere in my closet and I'm like, I probably could donate this. But, like, back in my mind, I'm like, I can't get rid of this. At some point, I'm going to come back. And that literally could be 30 years from now. And it's, you know, the idea of, like you said, it's this aging and having a having a reality check of where you actually are. Yeah. And I think that's why like you want to laugh at the guy, but then you kind of don't laugh because what is happening is happening to you. <laughs> Ask not for whom like the mirror rings. <laughs> I, I think Can I just have to apologize for bringing this sketch in? <laughs> no, 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 I, I think what kind of gives me oh, like the bell tolls, I don't know, not me. comfort about it. And sure, like this kind of stuff, it keeps me up at night and that kind of thing, but I'm very confident that everyone is experiencing this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that well, is not most everyone. Well, there are people sure. who are not. Trump isn't. I, that's who I was thinking <laughs> of, but I didn't want to say it. But he's winning. I, but I, I genuinely believe nearly everyone is experiencing it. And that makes it less bad for me because it's like, okay, this isn't something that I'm feeling like a failure. It's a lot of people are feeling like they're not achieving what they want to achieve. And in that way, none of us are really failing or none of us are not doing it because we're all doing it in the best way that we can. Yeah. And as long, and as, I mean, as long as you were, as long as you are trying, I think, and it's not trying to make it big, but as long as you're doing the thing you enjoy, I think that's fine. No, I mean, yeah. Like I perform because I enjoy performing. Mm -hmm. I don't expect anything to get me anywhere. I perform because I like it. And, you exactly. know, and, 
uh, what <laughs> what amazes me is that occasionally I get paid for it, which is weird. Like coming from uh, California, where you know there were two theaters that you could the Amundsen and the Pantages, like those were the big houses that it, in L.A. that you could play at. There are others, of course, but those are the two big two big ones that stick out to me. But you know, after college, which I, you know, I got a degree in theater, all of my friends, like, were running theater companies. So again, it's a situation where we're all sort of casting each other, but nobody's getting paid for anything because that's not how theater works. Out here, there is a level of what I call semi-professional theater, where you are held to professional standards, and you are getting paid something for your work, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. What's the definition of success and yeah. how you define it, really? You know, and if we... You know, once bad medicine has run its course, which all things do, the idea of how hard it was to put on a show and by us being able to just to even do that, that is success. You know, the fact that we got in front of a live audience that spent money they earned to come watch us and laugh yeah. at the things we did. Yeah. That is success. We should be grateful for that. Yeah. Whether there's five people in the audience or like, 40 or 50 or 80 or 100. I was, was like, going to say, the last, the last two shows yeah. I was in at uh, the... Uh, Unfortunately, departed Unified Scene Theater. And our hearts are still there. It's it's still there in our hearts. Uh, but those were two really good shows. Like, we yeah, had... We had fun time. And they were basically sold out, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one was sold out. One was, like, uh, 85% sold out. Yeah, and people really laughed at what we were doing, and it was great. That's a win. Yeah. So, take it back to the sketch. <laughs> um, Julian. Uh, uh, There's one thing I wanted to ask. Okay, uh, oh, sorry. I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The documentary style... Why does it work in sketch? The mockumentary. Why does it work in sketch? I think I think it's just the talking head part because the character has their own perspective, and then we get to hear their perspective straight up, like no, uh, completely unfiltered. And then then we get to see the. We, like, we, but as the audience, we see the larger world as well. So like, I think that's what makes it funny because, like, they think they're like they, they they have this idea of themselves and they have this idea of the world they're in, but we're seeing it and we know the truth basically. Yeah. No, I mean I think that I think that's basically it. It's it's that it's the it's the way the character presents themselves versus what we get what we see them doing, and that juxtaposition is where the comedy comes from. Right. Like L Leslie Nope from Parts of Rec, like she she has a very clear perspective. And she exhibits that perspective throughout the show, but we also see the larger world. We see how everyone reacts to them. Also, the other characters can weigh in on it with, with, uh, during, the, during the talking head portions, and we can see their perspectives. It's just, I think it's just like, we get to see basically just like an, an unfiltered uh, version of how they see things and how they see their world. I think Michael Scott is a really good example of this because we get to oh, see yeah. the way he thinks about himself versus the way he actually interacts in the world. Um, and, you know, as the show goes on, he becomes more self-aware generally and becomes a better person as the show goes on. But especially in those early seasons, the way he talks about himself versus the way he actually interacts with his employees. It's, it's interesting to me, again, to bring up the British office for the second episode in a row, but just how much softer they made Michael Scott than David Brent. Like, they were like, we're not going to be able to sell David Brent to an American yeah, it was audience. Yeah, very conscious choice. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask, too, uh, it was just like from like a DIY perspective. I, that, that's that's what the, uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of what Low Budget Sketch Show was like kind of built on, right? It's like, they're basically us, but they just made like a, 
you know, a, a, a sketch show, like a full, like, I think each episode is like, well, each episode is like five minutes or something like that, or like 10 minutes. But, um, like for like other people that are trying to do comedy, like, mm-hmm. like what, like I was wondering, I was wondering like, what are the things that you see that like, like, oh, I did this really well. I did this really well. Or like, you know, just from like a director editor standpoint. They are definitely good at, I think when it comes to making videos, your composition has to be good. You know, your, your, what's all happening on screen has to tell a story. Your framing has to be good. Characters are facing the right direction. When he comes in through the door and his girlfriend's sitting closer to the camera, shots like that are dynamic and telling a story and easy to follow where you don't notice what's going on. So it was documentary style and they nailed it. You know, it was, you could tell from the interviews was well lit to him kind of following him around as he's doing things, getting B-roll of not just him always, you know, that Xerox machine where he's Xeroxing things. You got a couple different looks of that. And it wasn't just, here's one camera shot. We're going to stay on this for as long, you know, they kind of kept it interesting. Um, and you can tell that they like, they know what they're doing. So even though it is low budget, like the, every sketch is going to be $50. We're only going to spend $50. Like the skill involved is, is worth more, you know? So like that talent that they haven't, that they've invested in their skill set is putting more money on screen by just by working hard and achieving that perfect look. Damn. And like, so like, as far as like decision-making, like, uh, you know, like locations and stuff like that. And like, you know, the, just like why, like, because like when, when we do it, it's like I'm, I kind of just show up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I'm sure like whoever's directing and the crew have a goal in mind. They're scouting stuff. They're probably using things they have access to. Like someone probably works in an office. Someone probably lives in that apartment, and they're keeping it to that simple structure. And I think um, we're lucky enough to have you know between Colin and myself um, and some other folks, we have access to some things. Like we've shot in Andy's old office, and so like DC has a lot going for it. And, you know, through things like Pure Space, you can find really good locations. And we, we have the funds and the time and energy to put toward that. But we could limit ourselves and make it a goal. But I think it's a conscious decision to keep it, like you said, low budget. Right. Is, is there any, like, advice you have for people tr- 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 just trying to, like, maybe, like, you just, you know, you live in Des Moines or whatever. Use what you have. Start yeah. with what you got and just work with it. Like, the best way to make video is just to make video. Just do it because you'll learn. You just always learn something new. Even when we do stuff now— we learn something new and you just build on it and build on it and build on it. And so every time you come back to make a new video, you've got new blocks to play with that you learned before and you could just add them to your stack and you keep going. So like if you live somewhere where there's only a barn, make sketches that take place in a barn and then it will grow from there. All right. Time for final thoughts. Uh, Isaiah is the guest. Could you come up with a rating system for how we rate these sketches today? I think we should rate them on based off of, Types of exotic dishes. Oh, okay. Oh, so like we name an exotic dish? Yeah, or something you think is an exotic dish. I don't Got know. Got it. I like it. All <laughs> right, that's why don't how you, you rate it? start us off for uh, honest interracial dating? Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> first off, College Humor is awesome. Please go watch all their stuff. I'm hoping that they're going to leave it up no matter what happens or where it becomes or changes to, that all these sketches stay up because they're really great. Go watch Sorry My Car Is So Gross. Go watch The Problem With Jeggings. Wow, nobody can flirt with me anymore. And it's Grant Keith from BuzzFeed. All of those are just top of the stars can, can sketches. I, can I also offer up the G.I. Joe song? The G.I. Joe song? There was, a, there was a song. I forget what it was, but it was just all the G.I. Joe characters, like what they did when they weren't fighting each other. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And it, it had a bunch of like A-list stars in it. Oh, and awesome. It was, uh, it was really fun. 
Very, very cool. So I think for this sketch, it hits all the points and it's really good. And um, it's one of those sketches where I'm like, ah, I could have written that. You know, it's like very close to, you know, right from what you know. And that's a really good one. I think would have, maybe I would have gotten there one day and you guys said, oh no, the sketch has already been done. And then I would have to throw away what I wrote. I would rate this sketch. Mm, I've been eating a lot of uh, chicken marsala lately. Uh, so I would do that. A nice, quality, delicious, you know, the longer it sits in the little container they give it to you, the better it gets. Nice. Uh, I would I would rate it that. All right. I think I would give it barbecue jackfruit. Oh, interesting. Which is like often a way to fake pulled pork. Mm, yeah. Jackfruit has mm-hmm. a similar consistency uh, because this is a sketch that I really enjoyed but can't relate to it in a direct way. So it's the vegan version of pork. <laughs> that connection is clear to everyone else as it is to me? Uh, yeah. Sure. It's, yeah it's, very, it's, it's, it's clear. All right. It's clear. Everyone can go fuck themselves. Uh, Seth, what did you? what would you give this? Well – I've I've been thinking about it, and there's one exotic dish that I know of. <laughs> Seth, there's one exotic I would know, dish. No, that I know of. That it, this is the most exotic dish that I know of, uh, but I don't remember the name of it, so I'm going to have to describe it. But let me say that I'm I'm giving it to this sketch because I really like it. I think this sketch fires on all cylinders. I think it does absolutely what it's supposed to do, and I think the performances are great. So that's why I'm giving it the most exotic dish that I know. It's also the most forbidden dish that I know. Ooh. It's a French thing where you take a songbird, you fatten it up, and then you stick it in the oven, and while it's still piping hot, you take it out and you eat the thing in pretty much one bite. Oh, I was thinking of a different thing where it, you uh, cover it to hide your shame. Oh, no, you cover your head. Oh, you yeah, cover yeah, your head with okay. a towel to hide your shame from God <laughs> because you've just taken this poor innocent songbird and stuffed it full of cheese and stuck it in the oven. I think this – do they eat this? I think I've seen them eat this in the show Billions. Uh, succession, they did it. They, they did, did do succession. it in Billions. I think they did in Billions actually. as well, yeah. 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 It's real? It's a real this thing? This is a real thing. This oh, is an actual wow. thing. Um, but again, I'm not giving it to this sketch because of the heinousness of this dish. I'm giving it to this sketch because it's the most exotic dish I could think of. Ah, thank you. Ortolan. Ortolan. Oh, wow. Uh, thank you for looking that up, Andy. Google Julie, that. What, uh, what would you – So, would you give this? Um, I just did that, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I apologize. I didn't, yeah. was, I didn't know it was taboo <laughs> to eat a songbird. Sorry, yeah, where, where are you getting Ortolan in D.C., Julia? You know, I just – it was a potluck. And uh, <laughs> someone brought a lot of Ortolan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, so um, I just like I'm just am- I- amazed at how like really tight and clean this thing. Like 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 literally, if it's just like I don't know, it, it, it's just like it's just so tight and so clean. I, that sounds so weird, but um, yeah, I was just I was just amazed only, at that. Only when you say that sounds I weird, yeah, yeah, start thinking about it. it in right, weird it was yeah, it, it was fine before, yeah. and now it's it's disturbing. <laughs> Anyway, I will give it four ounces of seared dolphin. Ooh. Yeah. That is exotic. And disturbing. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I just ate Orlong or whatever the hell. Orlong. Orlong. Well, uh, (laughs) but the thing is, songbirds are not as intelligent as humans and dolphins might be. So. Well, dolphins are rapey, so. 
Unfortunately true. <laughs> <laughs> and to the next sketch. Alrighty. Rating. Rating. Yeah. Yeah. The next rating. Yep. So how would, uh, all right, Seth, how would you rate Weekend Terrorist? Oh, uh, you know what? On a scale of exotic dishes, uh, I'm going to have to give this one. You know what? I'm I'm just gonna have to give this one a, a a burger with avocado on it. Ooh, yeah, slightly exotic, but unfortunately very very familiar. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I I think I'd give it a I think I'd give it a bon me, which is Ooh. like it's it's like not actually very exotic. It's really just a sandwich, but from Vietnam uh, and delicious. It, I mean, it's it's delicious. I'm not I'm not saying that, but I I. I think I was – you made a very good point, Julian, that changed my perspective a little bit, that they had to balance the escalation and the mundane. But for me, it, I didn't feel like this sketch went anywhere. It just kind of introduces the premise, and I was like, okay, yep, that's what the premise is. I know, but it's kind of the point, right? Like it didn't go any – like he didn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. It was just okay, like a, a I don't point. know. All right, Julian uh, – Isaiah? Thank you. Confuse me with the other oh, black person. Yeah, that's that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Couldn't let it go. I'm sorry. You guys look so much alike. I can't tell the dip. Okay. I um, hate women too. <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's get all this out. Um for your sketch, uh, I'm gonna put it I'm gonna say that it is uh fried conch. Um the Tasty? The, yeah. yeah. Cause it's one of those things where, like, when someone, t- you know, I had some when I went on vacation. Uh, what what was Thomas, it again? Conk. Conk. Oh, Fred Conk. Okay. Yeah. Conk fritters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like they tell you what it is, and you're like, "Oh, what is this? This is going to be fun." And you eat it, and you're like, "Just tastes like everything else I've ever had." And so I kind of felt the same way, where it's like very familiar. Like yeah. I was expecting, you know, you see, you see the title. What was it? Weekend terrorist. You know, I was like, oh, where is this going to go? And then it's just like, oh, yeah. That's where it went. Yeah, I've, I've had it. I've <laughs> right, had my feelings. Yeah, it's, this is this isn't absurd as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, Julian. Yeah, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it uh, a really high rating because, like, I didn't expect this conversation at all. <laughs> so, like, um, I think just based off that, that I'm going to give it something super exotic. It's Seth on an interracial date. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. <laughs> well, as we oh, that was great. We've all agreed that hasn't happened. Uh, okay. Okay. I got to go reevaluate myself as a person. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds. A special thanks to our guest slash producer, Isaiah, heading that way. For being on today's show, Isaiah, where can our listeners find you in the world? I run all our social media accounts, so just follow Bad Medicine DC and on anything. Uh, we don't have a TikTok yet, but I really want to start a TikTok. Oh, yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll do that and you'll actually see us dancing and doing weird stuff on there. But if you really want to follow me, just follow my personal Twitter, which is my full name, Isaiah Hedden. Um, I'm very unfiltered on that, which I probably shouldn't be. It's probably keeping me from getting new jobs or anything like that. Uh, But I'm there usually talking about sports, politics, and anything. Religion? Anything related to the wonderful Tennessee Titans. And that's keeping you from getting jobs? People hate the Titans. It's unfiltered. It's it's unfiltered. (laughs) Fellow sketch nerds, please like, share, and subscribe. If you know of a great sketch we haven't discussed yet, please send it to us. We love getting suggestions. 
You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds, where you can also find links to the sketches that we discussed today. You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Isaiah Hedden, Julian Morgan, and Seth Alcorn, I'm Andy Weld. Thanks for listening to Sketch Nerds. This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by SoundtrackForEverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine, D.C.'s best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t-shirts, please visit badmedicinecomedy.com.